0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Thriller Podcast. Today, we are talking Ripple. They're back in the news with their lawsuit. Satoshi Nakamoto unmasked? What? That's right. And we got finally in our main topic, Augur. That's right. We're taking an inside look through a podcast starting now.
1: Welcome to Thriller with Carl Gonzalez. Broadcasting from Austin, Texas. Via SoundCloud and supported by... Listeners like you. It's time for the news. 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 Thriller with Car Gonzalez.
0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting episode of Thriller Podcast. Today is June 5th, 2018. So first up, we got Twitch. That's right. Twitch, the streaming app, now lets you tip gamers with Bitcoin. I know, that's crazy. Well, apparently, Streamlabs is a popular streaming application which allows people to seamlessly broadcast content on the most popular platforms such as Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and Mixer. Amongst other things, the software also allows viewers to tip the streamers, hence incentivizing valuable output and providing financial aid to content creators. In official announcement, Streamlabs shared the news that its broadcasters will be able to receive their tips in cryptocurrencies. Initially, the streaming app will support Bitcoin Litecoin, Ethereum, and Bitcoin Cash, but the development team also made it clear that it'd be looking to expand other cryptocurrencies in the near future. The team has attempted to make the entire process simple by entering into a partnership with Coinbase, there is a Coinbase option in the settings page, which redirects to the popular cryptocurrency exchange. Once the user has registered there, his or her tip page will automatically show a new option, enabling them to tip with cryptocurrency. That's awesome. This is great news for people that are on YouTube, Twitch, everything, Facebook, Mixer. It's it's great. And it's also great for Coinbase. I mean, nice little partnership they were able to get with Streamlabs. And hopefully... Amazon, if you're listening, <laughs> you can get involved too as well. Next up we got Microsoft. So Microsoft acquired GitHub in a massive deal worth 7.5 billion. Did I say million? <laughs> I meant billion. Microsoft has acquired GitHub, the code repository and open source hub for developers. Now, in an interesting move, Microsoft is taking on a lot of responsibility in the acquisition. GitHub, the San Francisco-based company that allows developers to contribute and discover new code, is the go-to for coders across the globe. In fact, more than 28 million developers use GitHub as a repository. And Microsoft wants us to continue with plans to allow developers to collaborate on and deploy their code to the cloud. No, that is amazing that Microsoft is full on getting into this space. You know, we know that they're doing their whole Azure platform thing. They're trying to get GitHub now. And a lot of blockchain projects are scared. That's why they're moving off. You know, that's what we've been seeing lately. And it's you know, it's kind of one of those things where I understand where Microsoft's coming from, and I totally see where the blockchain projects are coming from. And um, it's very easy for you know for Microsoft to join forces with GitHub and try to keep it you know transparent and keep the developer you know have their open commitment to developer freedom, of course, and the openness and innovation and all that stuff, but. It's still Microsoft, <laughs> so it's kind of one of those things you don't. You really don't know what they're going to do. I don't think they would do anything. Um, they seem to be they seem to be a totally different Microsoft under uh, Satya Nadell, who the who is the current CEO. I, I feel like he's just done more for Microsoft in the past three years than than Steve Ballmer has <laughs> his whole tenure. And I, I honestly feel that way. I'm not even joking. Um, so I feel like Satya is, has done right by by you know everybody in, in technology space and you know I feel like Microsoft is will do the right thing I don't I don't foresee them stealing code or doing anything like that but you never know the old Microsoft could sneak up on you but I don't I don't see foresee that happening next up we got Satoshi Nakamoto unmasked so a UK-based nonprofit has conducted a whole kind of... Stylementary study As you know, we've talked about stylementary in the past It's basically a literary style Of an author in order to determine The identity and even his applications With linguistic forensics um, And the CIA does this uh, There's certain other agencies That do this as well But apparently they have said That Gavin Andreessen Is supposed supposedly Satoshi Nakamoto Gavin Andreessen was the guy That Satoshi handed over the reins With Bitcoin when he left the project and then Gavin Andreessen turned it into what it was today. Um, and it's interesting enough that Gavin Andreessen actually you know, posted on Twitter and he said, my opinion of the accuracy of style of entry dropped significantly after reading this. So he doesn't he doesn't believe in it uh, whatsoever. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny, too, because Gavin Andreessen is also the guy who was sitting there with um fake satoshi when he did this whole thing so it's kind of one of those things like maybe if he was satoshi that'd be genius because he basically says that there was a satoshi that gave him the reins and then now there's this guy named craig Wright that's trying to complain claiming to be satoshi and now gavin Andreessen is verifying that he is satoshi and so he puts all the the attention on craig Wright. so it's one of those things where like if he was Satoshi man he's doing some some interesting <laughs> <laughs> some interesting like you know callback maneuvers, and he's able just to like keep yeah i don't know if he is or not. a, a lot of people have always said that um Sasbo was Satoshi, and I've even heard uh Vitalic say that as well, so who knows who really knows who Satoshi is. I hope they never find out who he is. I think that'll kill the legacy of everything, honestly. Um, so I, I hope to never find out, but it's always a good—it's always good to have a good mystery, right? So our last piece of news today is coming from Ripple. So Ripple has hired an ex-SEC chair team member to take on regulators with XRP lawsuit. So check this out: the Ripple lawsuit, which had become highly controversial among the community will now have two securities and exchange commission representatives supporting the firm so earlier in may an investor named ryan coffee filed a lawsuit against ripple lab and ryan claimed that xrp tokens were fully generated prior to distribution and called the distributed ledger startup a never-ending ico well it turns out ripple also got some people on their side. Mary Jo White, the former SEC chair, along with her enforcement chief, Andrew Carsini, will represent Ripple in the lawsuit. Now, the case will take place at an international law firm called Debovier Plimpton, based in New York City. Now, the cryptocurrency community has expressed some different views on this decision. I personally think that this is all set up by, by Ripple. <laughs> And you guys are going to be like, "What?" No, no, I no, hear me out. This is my conspiracy. I really think that maybe they set this up because we all know that, you know, everybody sees Ripple and XRP as the same thing, right? We all just see it that way. Now, you know, Brad is going on the offensive. Brad Cottenhouse, CEO, is going on the offensive. And and everybody is in the ecosystem saying that XRP is completely separate from Ripple. But I remember, guys, back in, in, like, two years ago, a year ago, Ripple and XRP were the same thing. Like, it was never it was never a thing where it was a discussion. It was always, this is just what the, community, the crypto community always thought like, okay, Ripple, XRP, same thing, right? But now as everything's starting to be regulated, they feel like they have to prove that XRP is its own little you know digital asset and Ripple is its own separate company and they're just helping the XRP ecosystem, right? So I kind of think that maybe what they're trying to do is get the ex get get this lawsuit into court and then for them to prove that it's an actual um, asset and then that way it's not classified as a security so they won't get in trouble and then honestly at the same time them doing that then all of a sudden they can get on coinbase and they can get on other exchanges without any effort whatsoever because they meet all the, the stipulations right so it's kind of it's kind of one of those things where i wouldn't be surprised if there's some there's some something going on there i don't think that's the case but this is an excellent opportunity for for ripple the company to distinguish themselves far away from xrp so i'm going to be watching this case very closely to see what happens And i'm sure a lot of other people are thinking the exact same thing as well um so i just wanted to bring that up because i thought that was very very important to bring up i don't think i have heard that from anybody else lately um with that let's go ahead and get into our interesting video of the day Interesting video of the day. So today's interesting video of the day comes from Recode. If you guys don't know, Recode is a big uh, conference that they have every year. It's also a website and it's a online, I would say, online news magazine. It's very much on par with The Wall Street Journal, I would say. And as far as technology goes, they always break the most interesting news. Well, they recently just had Brad Garlinghouse on stage at Recode. And uh, he had some interesting stuff to say about Bitcoin, about Ripple and about XRP. Check this
2: out. Look, I, I think going back to your kind of macro question here, I, I think the word blockchain has become catnip for venture investors. Sure. Uh, I think the hype in reality... Petty penny
3: stock investors, right? Long it, Island ISTE, Yeah, Long blockchain. Island
2: ISTE became added blockchain and now of course they're delisted, which they should have been. Uh, I, I think there's, the, the hype is definitely ahead of the reality in lots of ways, but that doesn't mean that there's not real problems being solved at scale. Right.
3: So again, how do you, if you're on well, I mean, the
2: outside go, oh, that makes sense or no. You asked, I think, the right question. And I think the question I would encourage the investors and even the audience to think about, ask the question, why wouldn't a database work better? There are a lot of examples where I hear, and I'm sure we all hear uh, a pitch from somebody like, well, blockchain this, blockchain that. And I think, you know what? A database is a very efficient technology and you should use a database. Now, there are exceptions to that. There are examples where I think blockchain is transformative. As I said earlier, I think it is a big bang moment for a next generation platform of capabilities. But there's no doubt that the hype and reality is out of balance right now. What do
3: we think about the uh, the blockchain uh, uh, beer vending machine? It's a real thing. It's, it's, I always confuse civil and civic. It's civic, civil? It's civic, civic. civic. sorry.
2: Yeah. Look, I, I think there's a couple of problems with that. This is, this is
3: something, if you guys haven't seen it, it exists. It was in New York City. You yeah. can use yeah. blockchain to buy beer from a vending machine.
2: Look, uh, Bitcoin today, I, I've made the joke that people talk about using Bitcoin to buy coffee. You know, The average Bitcoin transaction can take you know, as much as 20 minutes to complete, complete a transaction. You know, but if you're going to use Bitcoin for that transaction, it's going to take a long time. Your coffee might get yeah. cold. And it's going to, the transaction costs are going to double the price of your coffee. So I think, you know, we may come to find that Bitcoin is kind of the Napster of digital assets. It showed us what's possible. It showed us that, holy cow, this is transformative technology, but Spotify and iTunes and Pandora ruled the day right. because they actually engaged with. The ecosystem they engage with regulators to solve a real problem
0: you know and he's saying all the right things like he is just saying all the right things he's saying all the right things that regulators want to hear he's saying all the right things that regular investors want to hear he's sounding sound and he's making sense out there and you know to the average investor out there that's not involved in the crypto space or in the blockchain space they hear him and they hear him talk and they're like wow this guy gets it like oh okay like he makes it he makes it understandable to the regular investor, to the Wall Street investor, to the regular person. Honestly, he convinced the guy on stage, the one that was interviewing him <laughs> of Ripple and XRP. Um, so I, I I personally think that Ripple and XRP is one of those things that's a freight train that's going to come whether we like it or not. And we can kind of sit back and whine and say why it's not fair and all this stuff. And and I, I totally agree. I see that side, you know, Um I also see the side of where they're coming from as well, too. Like, it makes sense, right, to meet them halfway. Um, I also thought it was very interesting that he mentioned um, blockchain as a technology and saying that not every company needs a blockchain. Sometimes a database is sufficient. And, you know, it's funny that um, today we're actually going to be interviewing somebody from a, uh, a blockchain project. And this is the first blockchain project that we've interviewed on the Convo, where I'm kind of like wondering, like, why do they have a blockchain for? So I'm debating whether, because I've already done my research on them, I'm debating whether to ask that question, just because I don't want to, you know, you know ruffle a few feathers, but I think I probably am going to ask that question because I think that's kind of one of those things that you, you you have to answer, especially if you're creating your own blockchain project and if you're going to have an ICO. I don't know if they're going to have an ICO. I'm sure they're not. Um, we'll find out tonight when we do the interview. But I will say, though, that um, that, is a very que- that is a very interesting question that most companies, before they become a blockchain project or want to start their own blockchain project, should they actually be involved on blockchain? Or if a regular you know sql database will be sufficient so yeah anyways i agree with them on that most definitely but with that let's go ahead and go into our coin talk segment that's right we have to talk coin today some interesting stuff is going on i know let's do it starting now
1: it is time everything you have been waiting for
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for Coin Talk. But before we jump into Coin Talk, we got to mention a couple of things. That's right. First off, I want to thank everybody in the Telegram. It seems like we are getting bigger. I don't know if it's just me, but I've been seeing new faces pop in there. That's interesting because I kind of sworn we were small and I liked it that way. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. No, I'm totally kidding. No, I really enjoy seeing new people. It's kind of crazy. You know, it's, you know, it's, you know, it's no secret that Thriller Podcast is one of those where you have to know somebody to get involved in this podcast. And I don't mean like know somebody like personally, I mean, like you have to find out about Thriller Podcast without Knowing about through a podcast, so the only way you're going to get introduced to through a podcast is if you happen to be, you know, parsing through Reddit or something, and you see it through a podcast post, or if you're on Twitter and you 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 click on like a hashtag or something. Or if you're like um, searching for certain things, because we're not we're not on YouTube or technically we are on YouTube. But um, a lot of our a lot of our content gets banned on YouTube. And so we're not really on there for every episode, which kind of sucks because I know we have some YouTube fans out there that listen to the podcast. Um, And another thing I noticed, too, as well is like SoundCloud, our, our little our little community that we have in SoundCloud is a very small as well, too. And it's not really sought out. So I like it that way because there's kind of this filter and this filter is there for a reason, because if this was named like, I don't know, like crypto podcast, something roller coaster or something like we would have. A lot of people on this podcast, a lot of people listening and a lot of people that would be on our telegram and that would be everywhere else. And it would, I think, it, I think it would ruin the show. Honestly, <laughs> I think it would ruin, I think it would ruin our community because the community that we have built with the podcast is so good. I love the fact that everybody's so nice to each other. Everybody talks about different things in their lives and I don't know. I just love it. I like the fact that we have, it's very hard to find. I I really do like that. I know sometimes I'm like, yeah, let's, let's get everybody to put a review up and stuff like that. But at the same time, I'm more like, it's kind of good that we have like a small little community of people that listen to this show, you know, because I feel like it's a good thing long-term because we're, we're getting people that hear about the show through however they hear about it. And it's not because it's called, you know, Thriller Crypto, like our new site, it's because it's called Thriller Podcast. So you have to really know what you would have to know this podcast is about blockchain technology and cryptocurrency in order to to listen to it or else you wouldn't know just by looking at the cover or anything like that so i like that i really do like that another thing i want to mention as well we've been getting a lot of submissions so if you guys have noticed uh, i've been upping my twitter game lately and uh, we've been posting some news on from thriller crypto to thriller podcast's twitter feed so if you guys are still having trouble with uh you know, thrillercrypto dot com and um, cause that that Twitter handle, ThrillerCrypto, Crypto, is just nothing but a news feed. So by all means, if you don't want to follow that feed, I totally understand. But what I'm trying to do now is I'm trying to cherry pick some really good interesting content news content and i'm I'm moving it over to thriller podcast so that way um whenever we get like a tweet or something like that from thriller podcast you'll be able to see some interesting news so if you haven't followed us on twitter make sure to follow us on twitter we're posting news on there and, and it's happening all day and i'm trying to cherry pick the best stuff every single day from thriller crypto and honestly if you guys haven't checked out our news website it's kind of blowing up it's weird we're averaging around 2k um Unique visitors Every week now Which is Bigger than I ever thought It was gonna be bit it, honestly, I honestly thought like it was just going to be like me using it and a couple people from the telegram, like just to source news. But it actually it seems to be working out in a good way to where regular people are going there and they're kind of using it. Like, um, I hate to say this because it's really not it at all, but kind of like the drudge report in a way, but way better looking. Um, <laughs> if you don't know what the Drudge report, don't go look that up. It's just a crappy website. But, um, what, what's good about that website is they, they pull feeds from different news sources and what we're doing on Thriller Crypto is pulling different feeds from different you know crypto and blockchain news sources and um, we have all types of news all labeled and stuff like that and it's very seamless to read it looks very simple and um, just clean design on your phone and on a, on a website I, I look at it all day honestly when I'm like working I'll just like go to ThrillerCrypto.com and look at the news that's coming up um, so if you guys haven't checked that out go check out ThrillerCrypto.com and that's where you can get all the latest news up to date. It's, it's, it runs by itself. I literally do nothing on that website other than, other than just check, like, you know, the stats every once in a while. But other than that, I don't do anything. It's all self-automated, which is pretty cool. Um, another thing I want to mention as well is we've been getting a couple people that have been submitting, um, some music for the show, which is awesome because, you know, you, you guys know that I love music. Like, I used to be a musician in my twenties, and this is this is exactly what I've always wanted to do. Was you know, be talking to people and be creating music at the same time. I haven't created music in probably like I want to say about a year or so, about two years. Um, no, not two years Maybe like a year and a half Yeah, like, like a year and a half And um, so what I've always wanted to do Is have a podcast or have some kind of forum To give back because I know how hard it is To struggle, struggle as a musician Or to, to struggle to get your music out there Like trust me, I know what that feels like I did that for a very long time It was not fun um, Anyways, but uh, so a lot of people are sending in Their their stuff to through a podcast To get it played during the show And by all means, I will totally play it on the show if you guys if you guys want to send that in, uh, I'll, I'll do my best to sift through it. And if I think if it, I think if it sounds good, I'll put it on the show or put it on a during through a coin talk or whatever, or maybe play a snippet here, snippet there. But it'll be on the show. Um, just make sure that because I've been getting a couple that have or that have been sending stuff in, but they don't put like their name, their website or anything like that. It's just it's just a it's just a music file. And it's kind of like, uh, cool, but how am I supposed to know who this is, you know, so that way I can put it inside the show notes and get you guys some some traffic. Right. So if you if you guys are if you guys are going to send some music stuff in, make sure you to send it in. But make sure to put um, make sure to put your, your information, your album information, your website, your Bandcamp, whatever, SoundCloud, whatever. Just put it in the just put it in the email. Let me know. And uh, I think that's it. I think that's all we got to cover today. Uh, With that, let's go ahead and get into our disclaimer. That's right. Let's do it. Remember, Thriller Podcast does not give financial advice. He cannot tell the future,
1: even if he thinks he can. He is just some dude trying to save the world one Satoshi at a time.
0: Alright, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's time for coin talk. This is my favorite part of the day, honestly. So it looks like we got Bitcoin. It is up at $7600 and 33 no, and 93 cents. It's up 1.65%. Yeah, Bitcoin to me is a store of value. It is digital gold, and it makes sense to hold your gold. You know, I really believe that um trust me, guys. Like it might seem like right now like Bitcoin is not going up, but I went through that for a very long time. Trust <laughs> me, I went through that a very long time. And once you go through a season of that, you realize that it'll be fine because Bitcoin always goes up. And I know people are like, "Well, it's supposed to be bearish," and there's other people out there that are saying it's supposed to be bearish for the next 12 months. Car, what are you talking about? Don't listen to them. Don't don't listen to them because it's not true. It's not true. Bitcoin has a store of value. It's digital gold. It's been around for a very long time. It'll always will be around for a very long time. It might my opinion, at least for the next 10 years, I don't foresee Bitcoin going away anytime soon, even with the amount of FUD that gets sent out there just because everybody's jockeying for position. Right. So don't don't think that don't don't be afraid to hold on to your Bitcoin, because trust me, you're going to regret it later. I, I do. I do. I used to spend it all the time. And um, yeah. So yeah, just trust me. Trust me on that. There's nothing else you take away from this show is hold your Bitcoin. Trust me, don't spend it. Keep it. Because you're gonna be kicking yourself when it when it goes to the roof. I know what that feels like. I remember purchasing Bitcoin for six, seven hundred dollars and then it shooting up to twenty thousand dollars. I'm like, man, if I would have just held it, if I would have just held it. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. That didn't even take that long to get that far. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Anyways, Ethereum, we got it at $610. Looks like it's above $600 now, and it's shooting back up. It's up 2.79%. We got Ripple at $0.67, up 2% as well. We got Bitcoin Cash at $1,153, up 3%. EOS at $14.20, up 5%. We got Litecoin at $121. So Litecoin actually got uh some interesting (laughs) news today i I saw on through the crypto was they got um they got featured on i think vr porn or something like that (laughs) they're now they're a porn coin as well so (laughs) looks like xvg is not the only porn coin out there now ltc is as well too so looks like uh, charlie got his wish and then we got a cardano at 22 cents up three percent got stellar holding steady at 29 cents uh stellar's fine not worried about it uh we got iota at a dollar 75 we got tron at six cents so tron making some moves that's good it's good to see tron make some moves i have some tron that i'm hoping to cash out here at the end of june we'll see what happens remember if you don't have your tron on an exchange by the end of this month, you might lose it all, or I think you are gonna lose it all. So make sure you put it on exchange so you can get it one for one. And also, speaking of exchanges and speaking of NEO, remember what happened to NEO? Or no, not NEO, it was NEM. So NEM's at 25 cents. Remember what happened to NEM last year where it got hacked, where one of the exchanges got hacked and they stole a crap ton of NEM and it caused it to go from a dollar all the way down to like 45 cents. And ever since then, it's never fully recovered. NEM has never gone back to a dollar. Um, Well, turns out Bitfinex just got, I wouldn't call it hacked. They got DDoS attacked. Um, And it's not the first time they've gotten DDoS attacked. They got DDoS, DDoS attacked before in the past. But Bitfinex is one of those exchanges. And like I've always said, guys, if you're not holding your coin offline away from exchanges, then you put it at risk at being stolen. And it's just the truth. And I want you to realize that. Because I haven't talked about this in a while, but like me for for example, I have all my coins offline. I'm talking offline, not even on a computer or anything like that. They're offline. I keep a little bit here, a little bit there, but no way am I pulling an Ian e Bellina. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, do not leave your coins on exchanges. Do not even leave your coin on your computer. Like, make sure you get it offline and do your best to do that. Or maybe put it on a laptop that you're not using and just throw everything on there. Throw all your coins on there, all their wallets and stuff, but make sure that computer is offline at all times. You know what I'm saying? Just make sure it is stayed off. Yeah, just want to make sure that I get that point across. We got Neo at fifty four dollars. Got Monero at hundred sixty seven dollars. Just because one of these days, like I've been saying, we're overdue for an for uh, for an exchange getting hacked, and that's just the truth. We're overdue for one. It's been a while since a, a big exchange has gotten hacked, and we're overdue, and that. It's kind of like playing roulette, you know, you throw it green, green, you know, and then it never, it never hits green. And then all of a sudden you get double zero and you're just like, oh, crap. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's been a while. We've been hitting red and black, evens odds. Everything's going merry. But all of a sudden, double zero shows up and boom, same thing with exchanges. Eventually, it's going to get hacked. And I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm just saying it's a possibility. So make sure whatever you leave on these exchanges, you're aware that it's possibly could get hacked. Not just your account. I'm talking about the whole entire exchange. (laughs) I'm sure they would would try to do their best to give you some money back, but there's no guarantee in that. Right. So you got to be smart. We got uh, Dash at three hundred eighteen bucks. We got uh, Ethereum Classic at fifteen bucks. Ethereum Classic's looking pretty good. Got Binance Coin at fifteen dollars, up seven percent. go at eleven dollars. Uh, we got uh, Icon at two dollars and sixty nine cents. Got Zcash at two hundred thirty nine bucks. Nice. We got Eternity at three dollars and forty one cents. Zaliloquy. Zaliloqua at twelve cents. Okay, we got Decred at $101. We got Steam at $2.35. We got Verge at 3 pennies. Man, Verge is taking a hit. Yeah, Verge is taking a hit. We got Nano at $3.97. They just got a lot of work to do, man. They got a lot of work to do. I'm not going to lie. Verge has a lot of work to do, and it starts with uh, Justin. And he's the one that I've said since the beginning. If you go back and listen to our Verge episodes, you know, He's the one that it stops. It's the buck starts and stops with him, and I'm sure he knows that. So he has to fix it. I've I've tried to reach out to him to do an interview on the show. He has yet responded. So I'm trying to get him on the show. It would be cool to have him on here. I think I would ask him some legit questions. I think I wouldn't be too mean. Um, I don't think I would. Do you guys think I would? I don't think I would. We got Golem at 58 cents. We got Wan Chain at 440. 400. I'm sorry, $4.43. We got Dogecoin at three tenths of a cent. So Dogecoin is going up. That's a good sign for the market. We got Walton Chain at $12.14. Dang, Walton Chain is spiking up 10%. Man. Well, we know we can get to 18 bucks. That's where it usually ends up at. Got Digibyte at three pennies. Oh, yeah. yeah. We got Status at nine cents. Status climbing. We got Ion at $2.16. DigiXDAO at $156. Got Loop Ring up 8% at 54 cents. We got Bat down at 27 cents. I'm still bullish on Bat. I need to buy some Bat. I really do. Need to get me some Bat. I'm going to give me a lot of Bat. We got Arc at $2.45. We got Bancor at $4.23. Man, Bancor has been kind of holding steady. It's been been slowly climbing, if you guys haven't noticed, but it's been slowly climbing. It's, well, it got in the 100, and it's been slowly climbing up. So Bancor doing a good job. We, we tried reaching out to Bancor to have them on the show, but I think they're just too busy. They, they sent us a message back and said they would reach out to us when they had the time, too. So we'll hear about that. Hear about that later um we got ardor at 23 cents we have ios at 43 cents we have crypto at four dollars and 40 cents we got pivx at three dollars and 78 cents got skycoin back at 21 dollars Dude, Skycoin's killing it, man. They got Polymath at $0.67. Cents, got Syscoin at $0.34. Cents. Man, Skycoin, that's the one that Zamp called, man. Zamped, you're in the Telegram, man. Shout out to you on that Skycoin. He called that way back, I think like two weeks ago. It's been, it's been doing good, man. I think if we can get it under $20, that might just be the buy-in at this point, honestly. Unless we wait for the market to fall like here in, at the end of July, early August. But I don't know, man. Skycoin looks legit as hell. We need to do a show on it, that's for sure. Uh, We got Syscoin at 34 cents, because I would really love to dive in it. Got uh, Fusion at $5.72, we got Funfair at 30, no, I'm sorry, at 3 cents. Looks like it's going up a little bit. Substratum at 40 cents, got Dragon Chain at 63 cents. I think that's it for the entire coin market cap. Um, Yeah, Electronium at two pennies, looking good. Factum is 100th coin. At sixteen dollars in for forty eight cents. We know in fact it would get as high as forty-five bucks. That's where it was at earlier this year. And uh, yeah, so all sports at seventeen cents. Interesting. That's another one that we've been watching lately. Um with that, let's go ahead and get into our main topic. Today we're discussing Augur. Yeah, I know. Augur is a very interesting uh, project. It's funny because we've actually (laughs) I've been I've been name dropping all these all these projects, but we've actually asked Jeremy to come on the show. He's uh, one of the people behind Augur. So we asked him to come on the show and he declined us because he's a busy guy. And it's totally cool. Maybe one of these days we'll we'll, we'll get him in a corner and <laughs> we'll get him on the show. But uh, for now, we're going to talk about Augur. I'm going to give it my fair my fair review as much as I can. You guys know how I do this. And with that, let's jump into our main topic: inside look into Augur. What is Augur? Augur is a decentralized oracle and prediction market platform. Users feed real-world information into Augur's contracts. Augur ensures the accuracy of this real-world information by providing a financial incentive for token holders of REP. Now, there are several ways regular people can participate with Augur. You can trade shares in the markets, you can create prediction markets, or you can participate in a reporting system to keep Augur Oracle honest. Now you may be wondering why would I choose Augur? The main reason you want to choose Augur is because Augur is a decentralized and exists as a set of contracts on the Ethereum blockchain. There is no central point of failure or control. You get to create your own markets. Anybody can create their own prediction market, and there are no limitations. Plus, there are no limits. So there are no restrictions from Augur. Anyone anywhere in the world can freely participate in Augur markets. And of course, there's distributed reporting. Rep token holders are financially incentivized to ensure Augur markets resolve in alignment with reality.
4: People can make some pretty strange decisions. Those pants with that shirt, really? But when you group us in a crowd, we have an uncanny ability to make smart decisions and even predict the future. Predictive markets are all about buying and selling shares based on the outcome of future events. It's like stock market trading. Only people can bid on everything from the weather to sporting events. Each wager is an opinion. And if we harness those opinions on a grand scale, we can build the most powerful forecasting tool mankind has ever seen. That's where Augur comes into play. Augur is a decentralized, open source prediction platform anyone can use. Create markets, buy shares, report on outcomes, all while adding each individual's knowledge to the crowd's predictive muscle. Augur works using blockchain technology to rally the power of the crowd. First a user creates a prediction market. For example, will a penguin get elected president in 2016? Next, people place wagers using a simple market-based odds system. When the event passes, the crowd verifies the results. Participants are rewarded for honest reporting, and of course, for bidding on the correct result. Augur opens predictive markets to the entire world, putting the forecasting power of the crowd to the ultimate test. Learn more about Augur's decentralized prediction market by visiting our website. Currently
0: right now, Augur has a beta that you can actually go to on their website and play with. That's pretty cool. All it requires is a MetaMask installer. Now let's take a listen to the two developers on the project, Joey Krug and Jack Peterson.
5: Let's see, I mean, the main thing, you know, for the beta is if you looked at our alpha, Well, one, the the UI is way different. It's been basically revamped entirely uh, for the beta. And then one of the other big things is that there are multiple market types now. Uh, So if you think back to the alpha, all you could do is create binary markets. So will this happen or not? Uh, With the beta, you can have categorical markets. So that's like, you know, of the current Republican candidates, which one will win the majority of the states in Super Tuesday? Um, So things like that. And then the, the final new type of market is uh, scalar markets. So if you have, um, let's say you have something like how many inches of rain are going to fall in some certain valley, and you want to get an accurate estimate for that, that's what you'd use a scalar market for. And those are, the, those are the main things we're looking to test out in the beta, those market types, as well as the reporting system to actually resolve the markets. And uh, Jack can touch on more of the, the UI set you know, changes that have that have happened since the alpha because it's completely different.
3: The the main thing that uh, Joey might have more uh, sort of useful things to say about than me is uh, um, we we are going to be going through um, a uh, pretty a, a thorough security audit um, of the of the contract code uh, prior to launching. it. sort of, that's sort of the um, aside from just sort of te- you know te- testing things out, you know, making sure the user experience is good. Uh, you know, we want to make sure that the it, the contract code is really rock solid, um, and I think Joey and I are both—you um, know—we haven't gone through a formal security audit before. So um, we're we're going to be hiring—we're going to be hiring a uh, a group to do this, uh, probably the same group that did um, Ethereum security audits.
5: I mean, so the, so we'll probably hire you know multiple different groups um, to kind of look at different things from from the securities perspective. Um, because there's basically a couple of main things you want to approach at. You want to look at, um, one is, is the theory behind it even secure. Um, so like in practice, does it even work? Um, and then two is the actual implementation. So the code, which Jack, Jack talked about mostly, which is like, you know, if we want X to happen, does our code actually do X every time as it's supposed to? Or is there a you know little scenario where you can get it to not do X? And that's kind of what security audits are, are targeted for. Um, It's probably still a ways off before we do those though because we'll want both um, the full order book to be implemented before we do security audits and uh, the two reporting backstops which are you know when you first report on things you're randomly selected Um, and if that doesn't work basically you have everyone report on something and if that still gets it wrong um, then you basically can fork the network and so it doesn't really make sense to do, you know, full security audits until those things are implemented. Um, so that, that'll probably be in a couple of months, I would guess, once, once those start.
0: And it's interesting because Augur is not only getting these security audits done on itself, it's also implementing new types of technology inside the blockchain space. One of those pieces of technology is IPFS. And what's interesting about it is Augur is actually implementing this into their beta platform. So take a listen to this.
3: You know, and and there's a lot of uh, bells and whistles. Like, uh, you know, there's, we have metadata, like market tags. We have, we integrated with IPFS. Uh, That's actually, that was a a pretty big technical thing uh, on that, that that I've been working on, which is just like, um, you know, some of the stuff that's more like kind of bulk data, like like they'd be we always thought you know it'd be pretty cool to have people upload an image associated with the market right they kind of add some punch to the the market page um, but you have to pay to store data on the ethereum blockchain and you know images are images are big like it's not really practical to store an image on ethereum you could do it but it's not really practical um, and uh, so what we've we've been using for that is is uh, this it's a it's a a very new technology called uh, IPFS, um, and um, I don't know if it's really worth going into how IPFS works. Basically, it takes the idea that uh, it, like, if you want to look up something on the internet, like, say you want, um, you know, uh, some you, some picture, and you know exactly where it is. Okay, so you it, the in the the normal uh, sort of the normal web way you do that is you you go to you know mywebsite.com slash picture.jpg, and it gives you that. Um, and the, what, the, what the founder of IPFS uh, noticed was that, you know, that that actually, it it really conflates two different ideas, one of which is, what is the thing that I want? You know, I want this image. And two is, where is it? And, and really, m- most of the time as the end user, you care about what the thing is, right? You, you want... This particular image, but you know, you you'd be happy to get it from wherever. If someone sitting right next to you had a copy of it, then that that'd be great. Um, and IPFS basically is it's a it's a way of um, you know a- accessing accessing files by their contents. So there's each file has like a unique sort of like a unique address. Uh, it's a hash uh, just generated from its data, and you can use that to look it up. And you can grab it from any computer on IPFS that, that has it. Um, so it's, it's really, it's, it's a very cool technology. It's new, so there's been some hiccups with it. And we're using it to store uh, images. We use it to store um, other kinds of metadata associated with the markets, like longer descriptions beyond just like, you know, a sentence or two, uh, you know, uh, tags, like categories for the markets, um, you know, helpful external links, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, and then and, and that's all If you, So if you go to app.auger.net, oh, there's, you know, there's, there's tags and there's images. Uh, uh, that's, that's all, that's all IPF, IPFS goodness.
0: Honestly, I feel sky is the limit with Auger. There's something about this project that feels very future proof. Meaning that in the very near future, we could be making bets on what's taking place in our reality. And that is a scary thing and a crazy thing at the same time. Um, Yeah. With that, let's get on to the end of the show. You know, I don't say this very much, but uh, in this blockchain space that we're in, it's it's good to realize that we're all in this together. And I'm talking about the people that are investing in this space, the people that are helping produce content for this space, the people that are actually creating the projects in the space. We all need to realize that we're in the same team. There's really no reason to have this. Uh, I hate to say this every single time, but this infighting amongst all of us. I think the sooner we can get past that, the sooner we can save the world.
1: This is the end of the show. You have been listening to Thriller Podcast with Carr Gonzalez. Remember, Thriller Podcast is not financial advice. Everything Carr said likely won't come true. It is up to you.